This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about Miss Marvel Episode 5, Time and Again. You know, I'm pretty sure a Pakistani goodbye is the opposite of an Irish one. Overstay your welcome and then ask if you could take home food. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. Yes, this is the Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we are talking about Miss Marvel, the penultimate episode, episode five, time and again. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. Yes, we are here. And do not worry, we will not be doing an Irish goodbye as we have just done the intro. No, no, no. We are going to stay and talk and discuss this penultimate episode Mm -hmm. because that is it. We have 40 to 45 minutes potentially left of Miss Marvel season one or limited season. We don't know if we're getting a season two. So until we see her in Miss in the Marvels, Mm -hmm. uh, the the second Captain Marvel film, uh, this could be pretty much the last few moments we have with Kamala Khan. It is, but it's really exciting. At least we know where she's going next, right? <laughs> exactly. uh, that's kind of cool. At least we, at least there is something there. If there hadn't been, and we were wondering whether there was a second season or whether we would see the character again, uh, like Moon Knight, for example. Yes. We have no idea whenever that's coming back, but at least we know this leads into the Marvels in the future. So we will see Kamala Khan back. And there's also a Disney cruise that's on at the moment, and the guests of the cruise were treated to um, a little uh, preview of what Miss Marvel's final suit looks like. Because um, Aman Vellani does star in a, a clip on board the ship alongside the actors from Ant-Man and the Wasp, alongside Sam Wilson as well, and there's also a special appearance by Captain Marvel. The two characters don't meet, of course, because they will meet in the Marvels, but really exciting. Check it out. There's the videos out there. Loads of people on board took uh, took video footage of it. Check it out if you don't want to be, if you don't mind being spoiled about what her final look looks like, but it's really good. I'm looking forward to it. We've seen the back of it on posters and uh, kind of for marketing for the show, mm-hmm. but I've yet to see the full front in all its glory, so I am looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about the fashion of Miss Marvel's outfit. No, no, no. We're here to talk about episode five, time and again. Mm-hmm. So, gentlemen, I want to jump straight in because I have. I think we're going to have some differing thoughts, differing opinions, mm-hmm. um, but I really want to get into the nitty-gritty of it. So, before we do, before we get into what happened, Derek, do you want to tell us who gave us what? Yes, executive producers for the show, as always, Kevin Feige, <gasps> Louis Desposito, <gasps> Victoria Alonso, Bisha Kaley, and RBM Fala. Uh, the head writer for the show is Bisha Kaley. Uh, this episode was directed by Charmaine Abid Chinoy, who directed episode four as well, as yep. you remember. And we talked about that. I've talked about her um, directing style, also a Pakistani American um, who has directed loads of movies in the past. So, uh, the right person to be on board to do uh, this Pakistani. India set uh, episode of the show. Uh, this episode was written by Fatima Ashgar. Um, this is her first episode of Marvel TV, but she was nominated for uh, for an Emmy for a show she wrote called Brown Girls in the past. So an Emmy award-winning re- writer on board for Miss Marvel. Excellent. Lots of award-winning uh, people involved in the series. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And you can see why. Mm. I, I'm, I'm not kind of blowing smoke. Like this from a, even a cinematography point of view, but also... Some of the pieces that were discussed, you can definitely see why yeah. there was some kind of 
yeah, you, you can just see it. It, it kind of does come out in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it's giving pe- creative people the ability to tell stories in this universe with the connections to the MCU. I think it's a really good choice that they've made with all the TVs and movie TV shows and movies that uh, have been done under Kevin Feige recently. Absolutely, I, I I think it feels like Marvel TV on Disney Plus is um is continuing that tradition that was mentioned in the Marvel 616 documentary series Mm -hmm. that we covered, which was talking about where, you know, writers coming on board, and in particular with the creator of Miss Marvel, Mm -hmm. um, but writers coming on board that are, I think that the way they described this is, they weren't reflect. They were mirroring um, themselves mm-hmm. and their life, their experience, yeah. um, in in their writing. They weren't being told to simply project, you know, the a, a white girl or a white man mm-hmm. or or whatever onto the characters. And so, like with the the creative team directing writing showrunners mm-hmm. here like with moon knight it mm-hmm. is that kind of ethos to me and i think it's really really cool yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely oh, because everyone said they've loved spending time with the khan family and that is surely down to the the experiences the life mm-hmm. that um, the 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 showrunners, the writers have had, yeah. Um, yeah. in doing this, absolutely, and even down to Amanda Lining herself. It's uh, she yeah, says exactly. it's so close to her own life and the experience she's literally just had as she's finished high school. So, um, so it's really interesting that they're pouring all of that into the show, and I think that's one of the things that's been most successful about this series is that exploration of this particular family. So, uh, been really important, and that's a lot of what this episode about is about, John. So, do you want to give us your synopsis for? Miss Marvel, Episode 5, Time and Again. Sure. In India in 1942, Kamala Khan's great-grandmother, Aisha, is hiding from her clandestine companions. She catches the attention of Muslim activist Hassan. He is trying to rally Sikhs, Muslims, and Hindu to unite against the British. But to little effect. Partition is coming, and Muslims are moving to the new state of Pakistan. Hassan offers Aisha a place to stay and eat, and the couple fall in love and have a baby, Kamala's grandmother, Sana. As India gets more unsafe, Aisha is confronted by her former companion, Najma, who has spent years searching for Aisha and wants her to finally come good on her promise and open a portal from this world back to their realm. Aisha placates her, saying she needs more time to retrieve the second bangle. In the intervening 24 hours, she convinces Hassan to go with her and their daughter to the last trains out of India to Pakistan. When Najma tracks her there, and realising that Aisha no longer wants to leave the Earth realm, Najma stabs her and leaves her for dead. With the original owner of the bangle that enhances her powers now dead, Kamala steps in and completes their family's ancient tale by guiding her grandmother back to her father with a burst of stars. With the circle complete, Kamala returns to the present, but must still face the remaining clandestine. A gateway to their realm has been opened by Kamala's adventure, but it's not what they expected, and it kills one of the final clandestine when she tries to pass through. 
With a word about familial responsibilities from Kamala, Najma is encouraged to sacrifice herself and closes the realm gate by sending its power into her disowned son, Cameron, as he has the power of the Noor as well. As Najma dies, Maniba sees her daughter's power and realizes all of her mother's fantastical tales were true. Back in New Jersey, Cameron is shocked to discover he has a similar command of his powers as Kamala. He seeks out the help of the only other person who knows Kamala's secret, Brian, I mean Bruno. After an awkward start, Bruno agrees to help him, but they discover they are being watched as a damage control drone launches an explosive attack on Bruno's home. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, fellow defenders. We are at the end of the penultimate episode there. Mm. And it goes through a lot. It gives us some a lot of historical context. It does give us a bit of a grandfather paradox, which we are dealing with as well in a different show. Mm, but we can't talk about that show because no, we haven't we released any podcast out of that show at all yet. So no. uh, we can't talk about that one. Uh, it's coming soon. Yes, but watch the space. <laughs> but we have that, and then we end up going straight into a an explosive ending, if you will. Mm-hmm. So let's jump straight into it to discuss pretty much probably the first marvelous moment, the first marvelous point in this, which is the the full history of Aisha and how, to a degree, basically we are we have just we saw her in episode three back in the the the, the Ten Rings uh, kind of temple where mm-hmm. there was a what we assume to be a dead Cree, a kind of blue-skinned alien of mm. some kind, a hand with a bangles. Um, and we essentially now kind of pick up at the beginning of this episode with her running from what we, the British officers who are screaming to stop her, the last person who would know where she is mm. uh, as she has run off. So what did you guys think of this kind of, this historical the, the flashback episode, pretty much. We talk yep. about this in most. It comes up in a lot of our shows that we cover. And mm-hmm. this is just a different variation where it's not just the original character's flashback. It's yeah. the character's family's flashback to a degree. And that was kind of what surprised me because we left on a bit of a cliffhanger last week with Kamala going back in time and being in 1947 at that moment when people are leaving India to go to Pakistan, um, standing on top of the train. And I thought we were going to pick up at that moment and there was going to be yep. a big uh, yep. story of her adventure and how she gets back but that doesn't really take place until about five minutes towards the end of the of the show this is yep. absolutely the story of Aisha how she found love how they uh, they started a family how the history of the jinn within Kamala Khan's family began effectively yep. so and I thought it was really interesting I thought I, I liked the story it's a very different story for Marvel we certainly don't see very many uh, romantic tales within the MCU yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting, the the whole historical context. I mean, I love history and, mm. you know, just the whole, having the old newsreel footage, the pathé. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thought that was really good. But I do think, you know, for me, I would have liked it if that, that had then come to Kamala on top of the train. Mm. And even if she'd just been able to spot Aisha, uh, after having been stabbed and mm. um, at the point of um passing away mm. and going to her and then it cuts to her fleeing the british officer and mm. you get her backstory you know a- after s- the- some of those words to um kamala yeah. i i, I would have kind of quite liked that because you're right like for me it was I thought we were going to go straight into it and mm. it it kind of 
because it's such a, an evolving thing that happens between Aisha and Hassan and, and why she's doing it, you know, um, I think I would have, I, I just thought that may have worked better, mm. but I really liked it. I loved, um, you know, I, I would probably say that they had both versions of that edit available to them. Um, seeing the edit of the show with that Kamala scene bookending the show, you know, where she's, where she sees Aisha goes down to her and then the story starts in Aisha. And I think they just wanted to jump straight into Aisha's yeah. story and tell it straight through. I just don't know what both cuts would look like, but I guess that was a decision that they made because it's a very easy change to make to swap that scene around. Absolutely. Like. But I mean, um, it was great, uh, having Aisha's tale here because, mm-hmm. you know, the mystery is that she just disappeared. We were thinking, did she manage to make it through the Null without her companions? Was there some kind of rift here? Mm-hmm. And actually, though, there was, but she was fleeing the attacks, um, from, from the Brits mm-hmm. in the temple, but ult- ultimately goes into hiding from the clandestine mm. because she's, she's hiding um, and fleeing from, uh, her, companions uh, as well i think yeah. in, in a sense here uh, and i i really kind of liked how that all developed where hassan you know you, you see his role trying to bring everyone together talking about the divide and conquer of, exactly. of uh, the british rule and yeah. um, there's, there's certainly um nothing more potent um, in dividing than creating new states in the, both, I think at the time it was East and West Pakistan, which, uh, East Pakistan became Bangladesh ultimately. Right. So like this, is, I thought it was really, really nicely intertwined. Yeah. And I loved Hassan and Aisha's relationship, just him, you know, sort of offering and then mm-hmm. her coming to the door and just that relationship building from uh, very quiet beginnings. Like, I love it when he says, oh, you do speak, you know, it's, it's yeah. just really good. I, 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 I did like it. I'm just, the one thing I'm a little unclear on still by the end of the episode, I understand the story of how they fell in love and I think it's, a, it's really well told and everything. But the one thing I'm still not clear on, we've seen this, the previous flashback where Aisha's the last person to come in we know who she is because we've heard about her. She comes in, takes the bangle, and leaves. And I don't know why she separated herself from the rest of the group. There's no no particular indication in the discussions that they've had that she has a feeling of something sinister happening when they go back over no. through the Nor. Why she's staying on the on in the Earth realm. I understand why she stayed there after she met Hassan and had and had uh, her her daughter. I totally get that, but I don't know why she's goes on the run. And I think you probably could have had at some point of discussion on that. So I I, I know exactly what you mean. It's all from Aisha's perspective Mm. because we only see Najma come in when she's found her. She's finally tracked her down. And and what do we say? That's roughly four years. Yeah, Yeah. it's looking from uh, underneath the tree in in Hassan's rose field. And I know what you mean. I think that was a, a, a big question now we did go back and look at that episode where she gets the bangle uh, mm. in the temple and Najma is the one that kind of splits them up where you know because the temple is being shelled uh, by um yeah. the, the british and um, there's gunfire and Najma says I'll go back to the other clandestine to help them out because it seems like they're fighting yeah. um the british troops 
And she does tell Aisha to go the other way. And, you know, you get out of here because she's got the bangle. But also Aisha does put the bangle on and it activates. And we see the the purple glow in in her eyes. And I just wonder, I mean, we don't know, but whether something that's, you know, spoke to her or the feeling Mm. meant that she knew doing the rift was a bad idea or or something like that. Yeah. But you're right. It, there's a little bit of, dare I say it, Terrigen mist about this that you can't quite understand why she went from being okay. seemingly quite um, she quite like with that team. group, yeah. part yeah. of the team, um, to suddenly fleeing. Because, I mean, the initial scene is her fleeing from the British Agreed. as well, not the clandestine. Yeah. And then she makes her way to... Um, the the village, yeah, and then she stays there. Now it seems over time, absolutely. Yeah, but I feel like we're giving the show an explanation that it didn't put on screen, exactly, didn't, and yeah. didn't give us an option because the only way I could read it was she ran away exactly as she was told by Najma. Najma said, "We'll all catch up with you later." And during that time that she ran away, she stops and stays with Hassan, and falls in love, and falls in love, and it takes them years to find her. Yeah. And that's it. Like, that's the only reason that she now suddenly has the connection with the Earth Realm. She wasn't trying to separate herself from them. That's the only thing I can, I yeah. can piece together in my head. And I thought, it, I thought it would be more than that. I just thought there would be an actual rift between them. That something had happened in the past that and had they have separated them out. No, no. I, I, again, that's afterwards. But yeah. I thought there might be a rift before yes, she I, met Hassan that would mean that she isn't connected to these clandestines. It, 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 but, it seemed, anyway. it, it almost seemed slightly odd that before they did fall in love before um, having Sana, mm-hmm. Kamala's grandmother, that she didn't say, like, literally the next day after he gave her food, right, I have to go now. I have Something to leave like now. I should yeah. go back and find them. So, yeah, it it's a little unclear. It's like, you keep running west and we'll find you. Oh, wow, she's gone really far west and now we can't find her. <laughs> That's what the story yeah. seems to be. But I don't know. What did I, Chris? I, I, I think they're leaning on what we as an audience know, that there is the badness of the veil and thing. Like, I, we know that if you use the bangle, it will destroy, potentially destroy the, the earth. But that conversation never happened. And that's the problem. One of the problems I have, which is it is there's just a couple of intellectual writing narrative leaps that they make, potentially shorthand, potentially for time. I don't I can't I can't live on the time argument because Mm. this is a short episode. Uh, It's a shorter episode, I should say. It's not like it's not 20 minutes, but Mm. like and again, it's a Disney Plus show. This could have been an hour if they wanted. if they wanted a scene where they show Aisha essentially like just before they or finding the bangle going, I don't know if we can do this. Like this will destroy the earth or like them having a discussion going, look, when we do this, this will destroy earth, but who cares? And then Aisha having the, having the, the, the daughter falling in love and then that changing her mood over time. Yeah. Or, and again, I'm, I'm making the narrative leap here, like her having a conversation with her husband say, and him going, well, you can't do that. You can't leave me and you can't destroy the earth because yeah. that's going to destroy your dog. Like, but he does, she doesn't even tell him exactly until the, the train to Karachi. Yeah. So it was all these little bits. I was like, this is cool, I, but you're just adding in, 
you're expecting us to make narrative connections that you don't like there's three different routes that could end up at the same but you're giving us that kind of choose your own adventure it's all mm. going to be slightly different for each of you absolutely and I, I will of course let's say it this is the penultimate episode there's still yeah. one more episode it's entirely possible every single episode has dealt with something from the past of this family it's entirely possible that we will get that story in the next episode there will be a scene which will include all the characters that are gone now at the end of this episode and they will have that conversation and they will clear it up completely so that's still entirely oh, possible of course sorry, um, yes. yeah it, ju- it just felt exactly as you say she says to hassan the last night when they're going to the train station she tells him i have got some magic basically involved in me you always knew i did but i actually do have some real magic yeah and he goes why didn't you tell me all along um and she says to him you knew i was in trouble when i met you basically you knew that i was always being that i was being chased effectively from the start and you never asked that question of me for the entire four years so fine was she being chased what was she being chased by is she talking about the british chasing her is there a disconnection exactly. between herself and the gin? Yeah. I, I would hope they will take five minutes out next week in the yeah. final episode and just put a button on that topic. Yeah, because I actually I really like that conversation from Aisha with Hassan because you know Hassan, like you say, knew she was running from something. Mm. At least to begin with, you have to assume it's the British because mm. that's what they show. Um, he is certainly against what the British are doing here. So, you know, sees this as helping an ally um, initially and giving her food. But he, you know, he does spot um, Najma under the tree. He knows about the woman that was watching her and who she went out to speak to Mm -hmm. uh, in that moment. And I quite like, um, you know, her telling him about the magic, but saying, you know... I didn't care to say this, mm. you know, and you didn't push me. Um, so if you'd pushed or asked the question, she probably would have yeah. said it, but it just didn't yeah. come up in conversation because ultimately she was happy. Yeah. And I think exactly. that's it. She got happy, loving and comfortable with Hassan. They had a child mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden that was her world not to go exactly yeah in that house not her world through the nor and into that realm so like you say it it could just be as simple as that that she She found love but and and while i loved this window into aisha and seeing Mm -hmm. what becomes of her because that is crucial you need that yeah um it, it just seemed, I think it was just quick because they had to yeah. get back to Kamala and that mo that, you know, the explanation of the, the Khan family story of yeah. the stars. And there was also then, which I wasn't expecting the, her return and what happens at the veil. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the, the final nail for me, the nail that got this was, at no point did Aisha explain that she was a jinn. The term jinn never came up. There are other magic mythology users in this culture. So jinn was never talked on. I, that's the missing bit because her grandmother goes, you're a jinn. Yes, I know you're a jinn. It's fine. You're half jinn. It's like to Kamala. But that was never explained. So how the grandmother and the her, the great grandfather knew 
there was a history of gin in there. Right. It's just a missing, it's a missing point. And again, next episode, potentially, but I don't think so. Weirdly, that's actually, I think, a call back to earlier on in the season. Um, do you remember when we met um, the Red Daggers? Uh, mm-hmm. Kamala was specifically told if any magic user landed in the Himalayas, they'll be called Jin. That'll that's just a standard term that will be used. So I think Sana's father would have taken that term, saying your mother was magic, a Jin like you, kind of thing. I think that's probably okay, where point. it would come yeah, from. I, yeah, I, I, um, that, that you know answers mean? that perfect. Thank you. Do, you know what I mean? But one other thing I do want to say about this segment with Aisha, I do love that it's telling a story that a lot of people maybe don't know. Um, I, I certainly didn't know a lot of the detail of what was going on, um, in the, uh, in the separation of, of Pakistan and creation of Pakistan in, uh, in India. I love how the story is told through the eyes of Hassan because he's telling you these really detailed things about what's happening to a lot of Muslims in this country at the time. He's saying, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the house was built by his father. This is his family home that he's lived in his entire life. And all across the countryside, people are being burned out of their homes because of this push to get them on religious lines being pushed into yeah. another country. That's something that doesn't really happen in a lot of countries, uh, no. creating borders and sending people of a different religion across those borders out of their homes. The 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 elements that are pulled into it, like the local people in the local village who you see give a lot of respect to Hassan when he's giving his speech in town, when the first time that, that Aisha meets him, they're giving a lot of respect. By the time she's had Hassan as a child, they're no longer even selling her milk because yeah. she's considered a Muslim living in his house with her. She's no longer being dealt with and he's no longer being dealt with by the people in the community. Yeah. Some people yeah. are reaching out to him, but I really liked how they layered that in a, a, a nice, yeah. uh, an, an interesting history yeah. lesson. Uh, of what happened it really is and it's it's great to have because you know that context is just like you say it just Mm -hmm. adds new dimensions it's why they ultimately you know he's a farmer he he's growing roses he has the milk all this kind of ultimately why he abandons um, or is effectively forced, pushed into abandoning yeah. um, his, his home because of violence. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really important thing uh, to, to understand in the sense that most refugees don't want to be refugees. Absolutely. They want mm-hmm. their home back. Yeah. They want, if they are pushed, they look for a place of safety. Mm-hmm. And in this case... It was a create a new, newly formed. Yeah. I think they call it the Dominion of Pakistan, mm. um, it to effectively be um, the part of India where only Muslims would yeah. be, it's but like, under it, a new it's like, name. Can you imagine? Get out of the house that you own, that your family built. Get out of that house, and you'll feel yeah. safe in the new place we've created for you that you've never been to before. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And we're not even going to help you. Everybody has to go and get a train from from the same train station at the same time and get there. There's no passage out of India. This is everybody rushing to get out before yeah. they're trapped in a place that's now become really scary for them. Um, and, and it builds on Sana's um, chat with Kamala saying, you know, my yeah. roots are, are in India. Um, but I have a Pakistani I, but passport. But I have a passport that yeah. says Pakistan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um I think that's one of the things that really should be taken out of these Marvel shows. Every show has had its own change and twist, and they haven't really taken that route that people would have expected from Marvel TV, I think. Every every show has been really different overall. 
And they're taking these chances because they're trying to do something different with these shows. In here, we're, we're learning the history of a Muslim family from Pakistan um, and, and all of the history in the land that's going on there. But similarly, Moon Knight had a really interesting story to tell. Hawkeye had an interesting story to tell. All of them really different. And what Marvel seems to be really avoiding with their TV shows is just literally having, here's the big bad, punch them in the face for two or three episodes. You fail, and then you have a big battle at the end. Because that's what their movies were to begin with when they were setting up the universe. And by the end of them, they're all trying to do something different. This phase four of Marvel, to me, has been really interesting because they're trying different ways of telling stories for these characters, all character-led. I think that's been fascinating for me. Yeah, look at Eternals. Eternals exactly. was an actual one of the first introductions of a film at a film level going, we're going to give you an historical yeah. epic mm-hmm. to a degree. And now it had a love story and then it also had the, the, the big bad at the end, but it was still different. Absolutely. What, for, it, yeah. Do you know how I knew this was even going to be a different show? It was like when we get to the penultimate episodes and the opening goes into sepia tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, they they change the style of the Miss Marvel and the Marvel symbol comes into Urdu. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you a, a newsreel from the exactly. time. Now, I don't know if that's a real newsreel or if they made it uh, just to kind of out of pieces of others. But it looked like I'm learning about the history of Pakistan yeah. and Karachi and the, the, the exodus. Yeah, but... I'm assuming it is as historically correct as I'm going to be able to, without kind of opening a history book, yeah. I'm ever going to learn. But I'm, you're connecting and learning. <laughs> Open a history book, Chris. Yes, I really should. But <laughs> in the interim, I will also, in the next seven days, watch the end of this show because it is giving me that historical context mm. that I've never had before with a sprinkling of superheroics on top. I like, told you guys is, before, a, man. Definitely, the three of us get together and we write, we write the new origin story of Banshee from Ireland, and we will be right in there in Marvel yep. HQ, getting getting rights to a six episode Banshee story. That'd be awesome, I'm telling you, yeah. telling you. Um, but this whole period of Aisha in India does end where we thought it was going to end with yeah. Kamala coming in, taking over, and um, filling in what she thought was Aisha guiding uh, her grandmother to her gr- great grandfather. There you go. <laughs> I was trying to get all the uh, all the family members right there. Uh, she uses her power. And the discs that we've seen her create, which is what Sana's climbing on to go across to her father, break into these stars, which lead Sana to her father. Did Sana do that? Yes. Did Sana break them into yeah. the stars? Because it's not something that Kamala seemed to have control over. In fact, Kamala says, I can't create stars. I can only create circles. Yeah, so, exactly. So it looks like Sana did use her power there. Cool. Yeah, it looked like because it, at a point, Sana as a child has her hand kind of outstretched mm. in front of her, like almost like she's trying to grab the stars, but she's yeah. walking towards them. So yeah. basically, she essentially broke um, Kamala's circles mm-hmm. into smaller into stars. stars that then start to drift away. Yeah, and it, it's to the whole thing that Aisha says to Kamala and. Um, what you seek is seeking you. It it's all that thematically through that. Kamala is seeking answers. Kamala is wanting to know about her great grandmother, Aisha. She finds her, but Aisha is also needs her to be there in order to help her daughter. Yeah. yeah. And similarly then with Sana, with young seven year old Sana, mm-hmm. she's looking for her father. 
Okay. Um, and she is seeking him. He is seeking her yeah. and uses that, the power to, to do the seeking effectively. Yeah, exactly. So I have no idea about these power sets anymore, how their powers and what is their magic and everything. Cause it seemed like Aisha pulled Kamala with her powers out of the, 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 the future into the past. Mm. Which just coincided with the bangle getting hit. But she doesn't, Aisha doesn't have the bangle on. So the level of power she has without the bangle is mm-hmm. there. We also see that later with the, some of the other clandestine who don't have the bangle, but have powers. Yes. Like absolutely. quite significant powers. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't fully understand this right now. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm but like, it- I thought the whole point was they were kind of just super strong, kind of, a bit more kind of invulnerable yeah. to a degree. Ange, ancient, like immortal, quote unquote. Yeah. Because they've been around since for like, mm. at least since the, the 40s, probably longer. Oh, significantly on, longer. They've, yeah. they've been here for at so, least a century is what they've said. But it does go back to exactly what we said in the first episode when Kamala found the bangle. It activated her neuro power. Yeah, exactly. And she can focus yeah. the neuro power using the bangle. If that bangle's gone, that probably changes maybe the way she uses her power, but she still has the power inside her. As do all of the uh, all of the members yeah. of the clandestine. They all have power inside of them. The only one of them that ever used the bangle was Aisha. So. Okay, yeah. can I just say then interject before John mm-hmm. comes in? Basically, that's just maybe I got the touch, I got the power. No, <laughs> okay. No. okay, no, Chris. Do you not remember Transformers the movie? No, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. You've got the touch. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Moving swiftly yeah. on. We did, we more referenced it earlier on in the season that it's very similar to the Inhumans in the comic books. Power inside inside of them is activated by the Terrigen Mist, which brings it out in here. The show has replaced that with the Bangle, which has uh, activated for, well, um, only for power. Kamala. Yeah. And also Aisha, it's enhanced and, her power. Yeah. It's enhanced yeah. it because in this, I mean, I was going to say the same thing. We have the whole thing about. The power is within you. It's yeah. not through the bangle. It's just activated exactly. it because we see later on Cameron getting the powers. Exactly. He has no bangle. No bangle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and very similar to Shang Chi, who had the ten rings, but the power wasn't coming from the ten rings. The power was him. So uh, yes, all connected in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Speaking mm. of connected, let's move on to the, uh, the our marvelous moment number two because that action that Kamala has taken with the destiny fulfilled. Effectively, she's transported back. Uh, to current time, back to exactly the moment that she left, where uh, everybody in the room is on the floor uh, after the explosion that effectively would have come out of the uh, of the bangle with the uh, attack of Najva. Um, but the consequence is that the rift has opened up now. Um, so whether it was the connection of the bangle and Najma's weapon, which we still can't really work out what it is, the double-sided, blade, double-bladed kind of handled swordy thing um <laughs> that's that dagger dagger yeah dagger thing yes not sword swords are much longer uh but that seems to be where the the veil um border has has yeah. come from um by the adventures of kamala so uh unfortunately one of the one of the clandestine there's only two left of them at this stage as we said last episode we lost quite a few of them for he for he is the second last of the clandestine and she walks directly towards what she thinks is her way back home and dies instantly yeah, just yeah. a bit. Yeah. And like not like not in a kind of pass through the veil and like crispy and then disintegrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. She turned to rock. I mean, 
that that's it. I mean, I think um, the I think with Najma, it, it's just I wish we'd had more time with her actually because you know she was welcoming Kamala and mm-hmm. and and all this when when they first met. But you can see that she was using her. She's effectively uh, ostracized her own son, Cameron. Mm-hmm. She knifes um, Aisha for betraying them. Yep. So she's she's you know she's pretty bad actually in yes, in the end. Mm-hmm. And then there's the self sacrifice. I just feel that moment there between Najma and Kamala. It kind of went too easy okay in a sense i i I know cameron is her son and so you would do anything for your son but it's actually the way she's being portrayed is that she'll do anything to get back through the veil and in in some respects and punish anybody that goes against her yeah yeah i mean we don't know cameron's father but we we don't know who he is Mm -hmm. but it's almost like poor cameron is some baggage that she picked along the way because yeah. she was on earth for so long and she didn't want yeah. to be you know so almost you could imagine her being resentful towards him so given his betrayal mm. she basically says well you're staying put you're ostracized okay and and just because she you know it, it connects with what she does to aisha because she kills her yeah and yeah. um, so i i kind of just wanted to I just felt with this whole moment, I just felt a sense of, I wish we, there'd been a bit more Najma at, at various points. Mm. Um, and but, again, we may see more of that next episode. And we too. might do. Yeah. But I thought it was really cool it turning in, them turning into that crystalline rock. Mm. I thought the CGI around the skull was possibly a little dodge, at least for. Um, the Nashma yeah, one. I, I thought um, Frias went fast enough that it looked cool and really scary, and it was a real shock that it happened yeah. as well. It went really well, but I think her, them dwelling on Nashma's uh, CGI skeleton falling apart, I thought that didn't look great. Yeah, unfortunately, no, it didn't. It, it, yeah. that, that was a shame because it was the angle as well. It zeroed yeah. in on it, and you, you, it was the focus. Yeah. The, the the initial first one was blinking, you'll miss it. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Wow! Like yeah. what just happened? It almost looked unfinished. I I I don't think unfinished. I think rushed. I think the whole thing was just that it was. Uh, and I, I I think it was, and the difference here I'm kind of saying is that it was done to the level that they wanted, but they were just like, we don't have enough time to make to give this the polish that say, yeah, like. That some of the other kind of CGI has been given throughout this season, mm. but for me, it was the pause moment on the rock salt mm-hmm. that Derek yeah. and I we we had a similar thought here. Yeah, for a absolutely. split second. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think it's I think it's absolutely a reference to um, the Terrigen Mist and and the Inhumans. We've mentioned them a couple of times before uh, on this episode and and previous episodes. This looks very similar to how. Uh, the Inhumans were created in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. specifically. Yeah. Uh, this was the whole story of Sky in, uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how she became, uh, how she became Daisy Johnson, how she became Quake, uh, getting her powers, going inside the rock and then bursting forth with her powers, uh, after being trapped in, in rock. This looks very similar. Yep. So I'm almost certain they paused for that moment so that they could give a reference to, uh, the Inhumans because comic book version of Kamala is an Inhuman. 
And that's exactly yeah. how she got her powers. Terrigen Mist yeah. uh, turned her to rock and then she came out with her powers. Yeah. So um, so I like that. I like that there's at least a nod back to that. Again, they've done that quite well throughout the show, um, taking little bits of the comic book and twisting them slightly so that it can fit this new version of Kamala for the TV show. But that one was a lovely touch to do that. Really yeah, I, I I agree. I I I for a split second went, oh my god, this is what they're gonna do. Like they're mm. actually, I thought they were like they touch anyone with nor blood touches the veil, and this becomes like basically they they get amped up in power or something mm. like it unlocks, and I, like it was going to be a wave that shot out from the veil across the world, yeah. and that was your basically Terrigen mist moment around the world creating everything. And I was like, oh, my God, that's going to be, like, that's it. That's how you get mutants. That's how you get in humans. Like, you've just, wow. No, that doesn't, they just kill them. And I, this, the, the, the slight issue I had with this moment across both, which is Najma, I'm with John on this. Najma, they had built her to be singularly focused, singularly focused in returning to her dimension. Mm-hmm. And she gives it up too quickly. She goes, you're right. I'm being a bad mother. Family's important. All right. Gonna scream and empower my, my son. Yeah. That was it. And I'm like, just split second. Not even split second. It was just like one convert, like one paragraph too short yeah. in my view. Because you, even if you had to have done like, Kamala and Najma battling like a couple of punches talking to each other yeah. as that that fight scene yeah. like an extra three four minutes as they go think about this you killed my grandmother blah 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 bang 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 True. and you're f- going family's the most Kamala's trying to in show her or teach her why family's so important yeah which yeah. she does but just with a few words and that's it well sorry and that's again assuming that's what Najma meant to do when she walks into the veil, dies, and kind of sprouts off the power. That was that was what her intended power her was. Intention, it's not her, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But, her intention was to close the veil, and she makes the, the very specific decision to send the power to Cameron because she calls out his name. She's yeah. very specific about doing that. What I like about this, and I, I know I totally get your point that this is really fast, but what I do like about the conversation with Kabbalah is she's effectively talked to the bad guy who's made really stupid decisions and regrets them because you can see the regret on Najma's face and gone, well, if you've made a stupid decision, why don't you just go back? You know, So she's effectively said that she cut off Cameron because he betrayed her. And, Ka- and, and Kamala goes, but why don't you just go back to him and say you're sorry? Because you can still do that. It's still yeah. a, a thing you can do. Yeah. You, can't just, you don't just keep going down the dark and bad path. You can also make a decision to go back and go, ooh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Uh, I kind of like that as the, uh, the, this, the way to resolve the situation. But you are right. It plays out in a really quick amount of dialogue yeah. um, and turns around really quick, considering she did something like killing uh, Aisha 50 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think it, it, the, the sentiment and how it played out really, really good. And it absolutely fits with everything about this, mm. this series. Um, and, but I, I like, I'm just, I, I feel like one of those people <laughs> that will say it. Uh, I'll just say it, but I'm like, 
how did she know that that would work? I mean, that's the thing. I guess because the nor, you know, even with last week and that explanation from the the red daggers, which I, you know, was great. And I guess they do have more understanding and so on of this being the clandestine from yeah. that realm. Yeah. Then I just, I think that's why just more time with Najma, like understanding that realm a bit more. Cause I was just like, how did she know that was going to transfer? Yeah. Like, how did she know that would close it? So does that mean she knew that this could have happened, that they would walk towards it and just die? Cause the, yeah. it, it's like they didn't. So I was like, well, then how did she know that dying and just saying her son's name would send her power to, um, to Cameron? Mm. So. Send the power, so the power of yeah, but the door to still, him. Still, so, I I'd hate yeah. being that person because I'm right. quite happy to sort of lie back and let the river <laughs> take me, so to speak. But it, I I think it's just a lot happened in this episode, and it was just trying to figure out where it came from. Mm. But I still really enjoyed the moment. Well, let's yeah. focus on the things they probably want us to focus on about the scene because one more really important thing happens here. Maniba sees that yes. Kamala has the power. She's been the one that uh, Maniba's heard about. Uh, some great scenes there with her and the family trying to track down Kamala, wondering why she hasn't come home and her learning, hang on a second, the spyware for parents? Uh, why didn't somebody tell me that I could spy on my 16-year-old child wherever, wherever she's going just by activating her find my phone yeah. function? Love that with the, really with the, uh, the cousins. Uh, it was really good. But Maniba realizing and that that moment of pride within her that her daughter is a hero and it's well it's, and I it love... also explains her entire history all of those stories that yeah, her grandmother yeah. told that her mother told her um were true she just thought she was playing at fantasy but now she gets confirmation that her mother was never trying to tell her fantasies these were all true stories that she yeah. could have believed it so. adds that layer for mm. for uh, Maniba as well but I I love how she says it as well she goes are you the light girl? Yeah. Uh, so I just really, really like that. I even like the bit sort of after that where, um, Sana, um, is showing all the rebellious photos Absolutely. of Moniba as well. I really, uh, loved that whole thing. Absolutely. I love, I love how affronted she is, even though Bruce Springsteen is also from New Jersey. How affronted she is that she would, uh, run away to follow Bruce Springsteen, not Bruce Springsteen. Of course it was going to be Bon Jovi, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Love that. wow. Love that. Um I, I I I enjoyed this and it's becoming a bit of a common thread on this episode for me and I uh, I won't belabor a point. This bit happened too fast for me. An overprotective mother. She does show pride, but she just automatically accepts, "Oh my god, you're the light girl." Mm-hmm. Like then it's just kind of like, "Yeah, everything's fine and happy." Like not just I've witnessed two people die in front of me. Yeah. And my daughter has magical powers yeah. and all that. Type. Like, it's just, it's a split, again, just a split second too fast. Yeah. Where you think this is a mother who had a bit of a mental breakdown because her daughter went to an Avengers con mm. and disregarded her. Like, if you had have gone, her walking into the rooms going... Kamala, I'm gonna kill you, blah, 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 like, like, or you're grounded for life. And then you have Kamala, like, punching someone out with, like, her powers or doing something super heroic. But even, and again, this also 
just I'm going to jump in. There's a piece where Kamala runs off to speak to uh, the Red Dagger up the top uh, above kind of on the, the balcony aspect. And it's kind of alluded to because you don't see it. Kamala kind of using her like light powers to build stepping stones or kind of platforms she can jump on up. Yeah. But, and her mum's eyes go wide. Mm-hmm. But you don't see it and that's it. Like she doesn't go, Oh my God, like my daughter's floating in the air or go like, what are you careful? Oh, it, it was just. So she'd seen light girl use her powers. Remember? Yeah. Yes. So she knows, she knows. Now that she knows that Kamala is light girl, she knows the powers. She, okay. She's basically smiling and going, wow, that's really cool, effectively. And she's also connecting it back to all the stories that Santa told her from childhood about their family having Jin powers. So I think they're all coming across here. Right that it's very fast, but I like that they revisit it later in the episode where um, Maneev is telling Ka- Kamala, I'm sorry for holding you so tight and yes. so close, but be, yeah. but I'm worried about losing you and you going out into the world at the age that she is. I think that's a really important moment between two of them. But there's so much that's being touched upon here. That moment where she's saying good, goodbye to the Red Dagger, to Kareem, just seems to be coming out of nowhere. Right, later, we're now going back to uh, to America. So um, I guess I'll, I'll see you again sometime. Uh, not really too sure about that because he seems to have a lot of warrants out from yeah. the American government uh, for things that he's done in the past. He seems pretty young to have a lot of warrants out for him, doesn't he? Yes. You but never he, know. He, Maybe the Red Daggers have yes. lots of words out for them, and now that he is yeah. the last of them. But there's one other big thing that's going on in the episode. Did you notice the the uh, costume of Miss Marvel is still being built upon as we go yes. through the episodes? We yeah. now have uh, the... the uh, I was going to call it a face kerchief. That's not the right word. Uh, but the, uh, the face covering that the Red Dagger has been using, he passes that on to Kamala. Uh, we've heard that that's been going back generations. So again, another historical item that's being passed on to her from the Red Daggers, like her, her waistcoat uh, that we saw before. We also get, very cool touch here, we also get uh, the necklace of Kamala, which is was her name yes. in Urdu, uh, has broken and is now forming a shape, which is her initials in Urdu. It's just a K or a K-A. Um, and looks kind of like the lightning bolt that yes. uh, Miss Marvel based her costume around, but is very is different. It's not a lightning bolt. It is actually an Urdu letter, effectively. So uh, I love that touch. This is something new, different from the comic books. She took that inspiration from the original Miss Marvel in the comic books, which doesn't exist in the MCU. So, uh, so now this is connected to uh, the Urdu for her name. So lovely touch there. But again, more and more building on her costume. So we will see uh, a final build of the costume, I guess, next week, right? I think that's it. I think yeah. her mom and her kind of granny are going to surprise her with a built costume um, that she adds then Bruno's mask to when Maybe. they get back to yeah. Jersey. They are going to mother and grandmother the hell uh-huh. out of what she's Oh got. my God, you know what we're going to get? Be perfect. We're going to get a sewing montage. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> it's literally what we're going to get a sewing montage. Costumes oh, made by pretty. Illuminantes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh my God, that would be even better. Um, I think just finally on this point for me, like like yourself, I love the sentiment from Aniba. Uh, she is one of my favorite characters Absolutely. from this series uh, as well. And um, I thought that was really great sentiment. Uh, and also that with Kareem, he says, you can always call me. So I'm glad they've not just phased out the red daggers here. Yes. That no. there is yeah. hope for them to be back in whatever stories um, 
that are going to come up here with Miss Marvel because I think it's a great pairing and I, I think Absolutely. it really works. It works really well. And did you notice the little uh, little nod there? Everybody thinking that the Red Daggers are just the two people, but he does say, I've got to go off and tell the rest of yes. them about yeah. the death. So uh, so there are more. <laughs> it was just that they, oh, it was just the two of them that were dealing with Kabbalah. So a uh, nice, uh, nice little line there. So we may see other Red Daggers in the future. Good stuff. Because there probably are other... Um, deserters or kind of exiled people from the North Dimension or maybe other dimension because he does mention it's just one mm-hmm. like and that is a big world that the map he shows so they, 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 their whole thing is monitoring for this mm-hmm. yeah. that's potentially kind of they are some version of the, the, the kind of time police that we've seen across other kind of yeah. Loki and things like that or the Sorcerer Supreme who monitors yes. uh, people coming in from different realms right? exactly well. he didn't pick those up Mm-hmm. No, no, he did not. So lackadaisical. Yeah, well, <laughs> I suppose that they did just lose a lot of people, so. Yes. That's true. So, should we move back? Should we get transported back to Jersey? Should mm-hmm. we move to back to Jersey as well for our final marvellous moment? Yes. And essentially, it's with Cameron and Brian. Oh, sorry, Bruno. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Strange things happening at the Circle Q. Yes, exactly. The, this is the last three, four minutes of this yep. kind of episode. We get Cameron after being already powered up in the other alleyway, kind of ending up behind the circle and essentially kind of going, Brian and Bruno being a nice person mm-hmm. kind of brings him in, hides yeah. him. So, um, and you do get a f- couple of funny changes where like you have a, a poster of Nikola Tesla and he goes, oh, you're a car guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he goes like aluminium, the magnesium, my favorite element uh-huh. Yeah. That's um, my favorite element too. Yes. Yeah. It's argon. Argon. It is excuse argon. me. Yes. Argon is even better. It is even yes. better than magnesium and aluminium. Yes. Um, um it was great that awkward chit chat. Like mm-hmm. just the two lads being awkward. Yeah. Like they yeah. did it so well. Yeah. And absolutely. both of them or- a- bonding over being orphans. Now yeah. orphans. Yeah. Yeah. But there's definitely, if there was one person, I think, in the entirety of New Jersey that Bruno did not want to see on his doorstep, it was going to be Cameron. It was just, this is the guy, the love rival, uh, who's been calling him by the wrong name the whole time. Interesting that it wasn't on purpose. Um, that was yep. a total mistake by uh, by Cameron. Uh, kind of poor guy, you know. I guess we can forgive him for that now. But um, but I did like it. I think it makes sense that the two of them would connect together, of course. Yeah. Um, that's who he would seek out because... Uh, Bruno, of course, knows Kamala's secrets. So, uh, and then we get the explosive finale. Um, as I guess the damage control uh, drone is, is what's come in and and uh, sent a massive explosion into yeah, uh, yeah. into the Circle Q, right? So, yeah, because it was going yeah. to basically fire a rocket into the room with them, and then Cameron fires a, a bolt of mm. his hand energy, his by his illuminating kind of hand energy out at the drone. That spins it and it kind of ends up firing into the circle cube. Yeah. Ah, I see. Okay, I did not. Yes. I did not connect all of that together. No, uh, yeah, because it is. A, it, it's a blink and you miss it. But he, right. Cameron, throws his hand out and it kind of basically shoots, much mm-hmm. like his power from the comics. Yeah. yeah. Um, it basically shoots that kind of bioluminous kind of uh, bolt out. Yeah. And then the the drone starts to spin and yes. it ends up shooting the rocket right through the front door. Yeah. Which then basically explodes and we fade to the ending of the Miss Marvel based out of Karachi. I'm assuming the opening and the ending next season, next episode will also be back in Jersey. Yeah. Our, our hero is on their way back, hopefully. 
mm-hmm. to save her friends. But that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of the penultimate episode. So before we get into what we think, where we are, etc., is there any other final notes that you guys want to chat about? No, nothing from me. Oh, I think we covered everything there. Yep. Yeah, no, um, I've already just mentioned. Uh, like I did mention the, the 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 opening credits and stuff being Sepithon. I love that. I love any time they they merge the the opening Marvel Studio credits into something else. Mm-hmm. Just oh yeah, that was happy cool. For me. Yeah. Um, nice touch, and I just continue to love it. Yeah. Um, okay, gentlemen, let's get into whether do we d- defend Miss Marvel episode five time and again. Derek, I'm going to jump to you first. I defend this episode. Uh, it's it's a really good episode of television. A really good, really good storyline they're telling. Um, I'm just really surprised it's the penultimate episode of the season. Um, it, only because I want more, um, which is probably a good thing. Uh, isn't that the, the key to entertainment is leave them wanting more, right? So uh, I'm really excited to see the final episode of the show. I'm really excited to get all the cast back together, all our main characters, because I love those first uh, couple of episodes where we had... Um, teenage Kamala in her local community and her group of friends are really like that. So hopefully we'll see more of that next episode. Um, and at least we know we're getting the Marvels in the future. So we will see Kamala come back, but I do defend the episode. I think it was, I think it was a good episode overall. Excellent. Johnners, do you defend this episode of Miss Marvel episode five? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do defend uh, this episode. I'll give it four periodic tables out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I just think that, it it just really whizzed past me and there were a few things where I just started to question and it pulled me out. And I, I, I still really enjoyed the, the, the story of Aisha. I love seeing Kamala do her thing at the, the railway station and, and with her, her nanny and, and with Hassan. I, I really enjoyed that. And I think it absolutely added so much. I loved the the whole thing with um Kamala's mother and grandmother right at the end as well um i just for me i just needed a few more connecting dots and i, I think they could have done that just by adding 10 minutes on to quite a short episode um so i really enjoyed this and everything that was in there was needed mm-hmm. i think some of it just for me needed more s- story padding around it whether that came in an earlier episode or whether it was done in this episode so i do defend this and would give it uh four periodic tables out of five excellent chris what about yourself uh do you defend this episode i i do um much like aisha taking off running at the beginning of this episode i just felt that set the pace mm-hmm. and for yeah. better or for worse it it it, it gave us that pace for the whole episode. So just, it had to give us some slight narrative leaps for kind of ourselves to make. And overall, I really enjoyed it. I just feel this is kind of too slightly kind of short and too early to be the penultimate episode. I felt it like this could have happened later or like Aisha and... Najma could have died later and we could have had more information and got more storyline and just it just it just all went by in a a blink of multicolored sparkles and stars where I, I just wanted a bit more I think and that's kind of the only downside I can have um 
we go into the final less than 60 minutes next week. And I think that will be a telling moment for a lot of us of like where it sits in the overall rankings because personally, Miss Marvel as a show is some of the best TV we've had in a year. Like I'm rating it up there with some of like with from a uh, historical and cultural perspective with some of the stuff I learned in Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like I never knew about the India Pakistan kind of separation. I I I never knew how, how it happened, and I'm learning. And then I'm also learning about Muslim families and mm-hmm. the wedding traditions yeah. and their actual mosque traditions. I'm learning about this stuff, and I find it same way I learned about quite a lot of stuff from the African American community in Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. So. I find this interesting. I find it really intriguing to get down here and I hope they, they stick the landing in the next episode, which I think if, even at the worst case, it's Miss Marvel doing superhero landing. That's still good enough for me. Yeah. Fellow defenders, we are at the end of our discussion, but there's always one place we have to go at the end of each discussion. Isn't that right? We need to go to the slushy bar. Mm. Yes, we certainly do for question five it's for this warm, episode. It's a warm day. Hopefully there's some ice slushies available in here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's roasting today. <laughs> uh, but, do you want to give us our fifth question and our slushy bar quiz? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, question five. What is the meaning of Aisha's name? Oh, very good. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I can't recall that at the top of my head. No. No. Very good, John. Very good. Do you want to give the question one more time? Certainly do. What is the meaning of Aisha's name? Fellow defenders, fellow quizzers, send your answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com to be in with a chance for some Ms. Marvel goodies. Mm-hmm. Just one more question left as well. Exactly, yes. Send in all six answers to our email address at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And once we do our wrap-up podcast, we'll be giving out those goodies for uh, Miss Marvel. Yes, and it's going to be a good episode as well. This episode of TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Alice Bola. Thank you so much, Alice, for your support. Absolutely. Thank you, Alice, and thank you, everybody, that supports us over on Patreon. Yes, thank you so much, Alice. Really great to have your support. Thank you. Yes, if you want to be like Alice, super cool, you can support us monthly for any amount over on patreon.com slash Industries. or if you'd like to support us with a one-off donation, you can pop on over to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi and you can buy us a coffee and keep our illustrious editor, Derek, producer extraordinaire, in caffeine as he toils away into the wee hours, getting this dulcet tones of an audio podcast out to your ear holes <laughs> well we did allude to it earlier on we are uh, currently covering miss marvel uh, finishing up on the boys this week and we are kicking off our coverage of umbrella academy so uh, i have a couple of episodes to edit at the moment so lots of late nights uh coming out lots so, of coffee so indeed. thank you so much to all of you for your support uh, through Patreon and through uh, Buy Me A Coffee. Exactly. And also remember, fellow defenders, you can support us by subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends, family, and all the lovelies in between. Mm-hmm. Remember, sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing Share the love. The love. Yes, it oh, is. Yeah. Yes, but you can also support us by giving us feedback. You know it's good because we want to hear your thoughts on Ms. Marvel and all the shows we cover. So don't forget you can send us your feedback at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. 
facebook.com. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TVPI. Or just head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com and you can leave us a voicemail. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram. Leave us your thoughts and we will read them out on the air. First up, we actually have some feedback from Salim McKisler on last week's episode where he posted this up for on Facebook. Salim had this to say, I thought that Jin's escape from the DODC was rather convenient. We're 15 years into a universe from Tony Stark announcing he's Iron Man and the agency charged with addressing superpowered threats doesn't have a better super being suppressant system. Mm. Does anyone know if this is not to the comics? Was Damage Control famously inept in the comic books? Good question, Salim. So yeah. Damage Control was more of a kind as a comic book was a cleanup yeah. service. They were kind of kind of came out of essentially having to clean up as an insurance company and a contractor the damage done by superheroes, supervillains yeah. kind of there. What we're seeing in the MCU is them taking more of a agency like mm. approach where I'm not going to use shield like, but they did have cape killers in the previous uh, one of the previous episodes yeah. when the 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 gin were kind of arrested. They had those guys in big massive body suits with mm-hmm. big massive suppressive guns that looked like the cape killers from the Civil War uh, and the kind of the registration act arc within Marvel Comics. Yeah. But they do look like in this they are taking on a governmental enforcement like like shield approach where they yeah. they're looking after the like making sure that the unregistered unknown enhanced people are kind of under control yeah i i was gonna say chris you might not say shields like but they're obviously regretting not having an agency like shield in the mcu anymore so they're yeah. using damage control to cover that over because absolutely the appearances of damage control would have been shield had shield still existed they hadn't uh, taken out my favorite agency in the MCU. Uh, unfortunately, I do think we would be giving them a lot of credit to say that the ineptness of this version of damage control to allow uh, these superpower beings to escape as easily is a nod to the comics. But they are inept in the in the comic books. They, it, it's a comedy book. The d- damage control is written as a comedy, and originally. Yeah. There was a TV series pro- proposed, which was supposed to be half-hour episodes of a comedy series of a cleanup crew after uh, the Avengers um, destroyed cities, and it was supposed to be damage control. So I don't think it's a nod to the comic books. I think it is just odd that they're this inept to allow uh, these superpower beings to get out of their supermax prison. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think we'd be giving them too much to say that, that it's a nod. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, but definitely, um, yeah, they're pretty pretty woeful mm-hmm. uh reinstate hydra i mean shield <laughs> or yeah, hammer hydra. hammer you could literally do hammer for a while they were called hammer oh. <laughs> I, I think i think we all really just want hammer time. i think we all just really want uh colson back right uh, as a yeah. shield oh, with with may so bring back the actual shield that yeah. does exist still in the mcu come on bring do it. yes do it yeah or aim uh, i don't think you consider those a government force to take care of no. situations bring back shield shield exists we want them back thanks so much salim uh we also have an email in from john daniel who says i know so much happened but i just want to talk about kamala and her mother forever the look of wonder when she asked if kamala was the light girl gave me goosebumps that haven't worn off yet the reveal went better than I could have hoped, and I, it warmed my heart so much. I love hearing my emails read on your show, but that's all I got this week. John from Chicago. Thanks, John. 
I'm with you. I really liked the scene. Um, you know, I know it was short. I wanted more of it, but I did really like the scene between Kamala and her mother. Um, yeah. You know, there's been it's been building Definitely. throughout all of the episodes, the relationship between these two characters, so central to the show. And uh, just to have that moment of pride, I guess, of uh, of um, Maniba was really good. Yeah. Cheers, John. Uh, we also got an email in from Jerry in Niceville. Hey guys, this episode was a great lesson about the terrible history of India and Pakistan. How it is never talked about in schools or talked about as just a footnote in a story about Gandhi. Mm -hmm. But this episode was all over the place in tone. You had serious historical drama with sappy family story tropes dashed with some superhero stuff. This was my least favorite episode. This series started as a good meaty steak, but then they added maple syrup and black pepper on top. Jerry in Niceville. Thanks, Jerry, for that. Um, definitely everyone should um, always read their history. And hopefully in schools, they allow the actual stuff to be told rather than just not cover it at all. But uh, yeah. yeah, it is pretty grim, uh, the story of uh, the British in India. It really is. Um, I, know we're, I know we're not as old as our parents are but yeah. we're not too far away so a lot of this a lot of this history would have been hidden in in and our in our school because as they always used to say back then history is written by the victors so we wouldn't have got taught exactly a lot of stuff and we dare i say the yeah. british in africa in particular kenya yep. and uh south africa uh british in ireland mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. yeah it's all pretty grim oh yeah. i think uh where the the british empire comes into play it was effectively white supremacy sort of policy mm-hmm. uh, around the globe so Absolutely. yeah definitely read the history it's always good to learn from terrible mistakes yes. uh, as well but my and banshee I- story is definitely coming yes, together guys yes. <laughs> so. uh, and to be honest i, I think you know this is also you know I guess the weakest episode for me so far. There's a lot that I like in it and I think a lot that needed to be told for sure. But, um, I, I would certainly, um, think it's, it's my weakest of the series so far. Uh, and just trying to now imagine as well steak with maple <laughs> syrup and black pepper. I reckon there's a restaurant somewhere that does that. I can see it. I can see it. Yes. Thank you so much, Jerry. Great to hear from you as always on the show's again and again over on facebook we also got some feedback from heather wallace on this episode who had this to say maybe that love quadrangle will resolve itself with the bruno cameron pairing the last two episodes have really brought home that i'm actually muniba's generation <gasps> last week the conversation she had with her mum about cleaning the house was exactly the conversation i had with my mum for years <laughs> and this week it was the bon jovi reference and 80s outfit i'm not sure how i process that information <laughs> i mean it's one thing to have the hilarious 80s flashbacks on the boys when they feature jensen eccles or the nostalgia of stranger things when i was the same age as the kids mm-hmm. but to be the parents generation I'll just have to hold on to what Maniba says. We had lots of adventures. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You know what? That would be uh, definitely me and you, John. Well, more you as well, because you're older. I'm a whole year older than you, John. 
361 days young, older than you. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes it is. And yeah. I am so young. I am just a cherub <laughs> in your eyes in comparison. Well, Chris you're not doesn't Kabbalah. remember <laughs> the 80s. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, I'm not that young. I wish I was that young. But that, yes, we know what you mean, Heather. We know we what you mean. We certainly do. Thanks so much, Heather, for your yeah. thoughts. Really good to hear from you. Absolutely. Thanks, Heather. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips says so many things to love about this episode from the way baby Nani uh, used her own Noor to make the stars to the reveal of the genuine misnaming of Brian or is it Bertie Bruno <laughs> by newly powered Cameron and through the stitching of the veil by a mother's redemptive sacrifice echoing that of Aisha earlier and balancing evil mummy karma perhaps though that's now mixing religious systems. <laughs> it's very true. Yes. Uh, yes. Lots of different systems there, Dr. Bob. But yeah, I'm really glad you enjoyed this. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's definitely all of those touches in there. And I, I totally understand what the guys are saying, what Chris and John are saying that, you know, there are, they are just touched upon and may have been allowed to linger in a different movie or show. Or, uh, if they'd been allowed to linger, maybe they would have, would have been better. Yeah. I totally agree with, with Dr. Bob, um, on, Everything you said, I, and I think it's just, you know, talking about the layering with this historical stuff and with the family stuff and how it's all layered in and for, for the Khans. And I, it's just, I need that family layer for Najma because, you know, Dr. Bob totally right about that sort of redemptive sacrifice mm -hmm. and, and stitching it and, and echoing it to Aisha earlier. Um, and so, just that layer of Najma and and her family, you know, whether it's Cameron, the clandestine, uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. I think just a little bit more for me, but totally there with um, the the sem sentiment and and that for yeah. sure. I wonder is it because they're doing so much different on the show when they try to rely on standard tropes, they kind of fall over a little bit. Do you think it's that? Because this show is something completely different than we've than we've covered, certainly, yeah. as a podcast and all the superhero shows that we've covered. And when they try to lead into the mother sacrificing herself for her child, which is what this seems to be, that's a reasonably standard trope that we've probably uh, talked about quite a lot. But that kind of falls over a bit because the whole situation that they're in is so different from anything we've seen before maybe yeah. it's something like that maybe it is that yeah you know? no yeah i can completely agree with that i think i think that that's a definite valid theory there wonder if it's that yeah thanks so much dr bob yeah thanks dr bob uh we also got some feedback through from twitter at tv pod industries uh matt murdoch says there's so much great culturally rich music in miss marvel from the supervisors jordan and murphy that it is sometimes easy to overlook Laura Cartman's amazing score mm -hmm. in the show. This fifth episode was a clear and awesome exception uh, that you couldn't overlook. The Miss Marvel theme really added to the very emotional parts of this story, like when the stars led Sunny back to her father. Hats off, Laura Cartman. Never disappoints. If I had time to do a music review this week, I would. But alas, I just wanted to add a thought to you guys. Mm. Uh, thanks so much, Matt. I, I know what you mean, actually, and something didn't mention. But the the emotional parts of this and, and the music connected with that were actually really beautiful they really were that whole that whole sequence um at the train where it it merges the theme that we've heard from 
Aisha throughout the episode into the Miss Marvel theme as Kamala arrives. I think it's beautifully done. Watch it again. Yeah. Just that just that couple of minutes scene is really, really good. Thanks for calling that out, Matt. Yes, thank you so much, Matt. Really appreciate the feedback, as mm-hmm. always. Yeah. We also got an email in from Coffee and Vodka who says, Greetings, fellow cremated defenders. The backstory of Aisha and Hassan was a needed bridge taking us from origin to current day. Half of me didn't expect to get it. The other half wasn't expected to be in such rich detail when we did. What followed seemed almost tacked on in a rush to get the story moving forward as quickly as possible. How and why did the portal appear? It destroying the djinn felt right in a firm no-returns policy. But how was Najma able to affect the portal? How was the energy of it, and possibly her own essence, transferred to Cameron? The regret she showed for Aisha and Cameron before possibly sacrificing herself and closing the way back seemed unearned. Where was the conflict of a concerned mother to her daughter whom she just learned had been keeping such an important secret? Damage control was onto Cameron way too quickly. Just as swift was his, oh look, I've got powers now, reaction. And then a sudden explosion to blow out this penultimate episode candle. Guess what I'm saying is, the final 10 to 15 minutes should have been stretched over a couple of episodes. Four gin mummies out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Thanks, coffee and vodka. Good to hear from you about your thoughts on the episode. I think we're on a similar place, I think, with the guys. It uh, does seem quite rushed overall. Uh, I know, obviously, damage control would have been trying to find Cameron since they escaped from their supermax prison. So I'd say they're on, they were on the trail of him. But yeah, it did seem really, really quick. Everything in that last couple of minutes could have easily stretched into another episode. Um, but hopefully they'll nail the landing, as we said, in the final episode. Thanks for that. Our final piece of feedback comes from the one and only Greg Schwamm with a voicemail. Hey, Derek and John, this is Greg calling about uh, episode five, time and again. I really dug this episode. Uh, the the whole flashback scene and uh, the the whole story of Aisha and I, I anyway I, I thought that it was really really well done and it was exciting and you know the actress who plays Aisha was beautiful and uh, really really good. Uh, my only complaints about the episode are that we I mean I guess I'm not we're not really a complaint. But we have some definite, like, you know, obviously, like some Back to the Future, Harry Potter type stuff that, uh, oh, would that work if this, uh, no, this, uh, uh, you know what? Hey, just don't think about it. And, uh, we're, we're good. Uh, and then some of the, it seems like some of the, the writing, um, with, um, Kamala and her mom and her grandmother was a little clunky and like just the whole reunion hug at the end. It was, uh, I thought, yeah, I just thought it wasn't the best, uh, but I really enjoyed the rest of the episode. I look forward to hearing you guys talk about it. Bye. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, thank you so much, Greg. But I, I, I can I say that? He didn't address it to me. That's true. Yes, yes. That's only because we have moved around uh, hosts of this show more often in the last month than we have uh, in a couple of years. I think. That is true. <laughs> so thanks, Greg. You, it's okay. Yes, thank you so much, Greg. And I'll let you off this one time. Just this one. Everyone gets one. Everyone gets one. <laughs> yeah, great stuff, Greg. Um, I think that kind of echoes again a bit how we've we've also felt uh, about the episode. So, uh, yeah, really great to get your thoughts, uh, Greg. Thanks. Oh, yeah, and Greg, I love the... 
I love the strategy when we start getting Back to the Future mm-hmm. or Harry Potter stuff. It, it sometimes it is best not to think about yeah. it. I like it. Just wave yeah. away, move along, just stick with the story. That's where we're going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> thanks again, Greg. Thank you so much, everyone, for your feedback. We really appreciate. It. As always, if you like what you hear. Why not head on over to TV Podcast Industries where you can subscribe to each and every episode that we put out. As we have alluded to, we have started recording our thoughts on Umbrella Academy. Yes, that will be one of the next shows we cover. But before that, we will be back next week with the finale for Miss Marvel. Yes, we will. But also this week, we will be releasing our finale thoughts on the finale of The Boys. Mm-hmm. Yes, the yeah. season of The Boys is coming to an end, and it's going to be good. Well, Let's have some. we assume. We, <laughs> we assume. So. Yes. They're going to stick to the landing or blow it up uh, in a, <laughs> one, one or the other. It will be napalming the property. Absolutely. Yes. yes, much like giant whales from season two, it will be what it is going to be a finished one way or another. Yes, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back again next week. I'm so tempted to do an Irish goodbye and just cut the podcast. Oh, I could so do it. So we're just going to keep talking and fade to darkness. Yes, and, and slowly edge towards the door. Yeah. And, and then just run. Don't say goodbye and everybody wonders where you are. They wonder whether, they, whether you've been kidnapped or whether you're paying for that last round of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Always kidnapped. Always kidnapped. Always kidnapped, yes. Bye. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow Defenders. Uh, I'll give you a big, warm, sloppy goodbye from <laughs> from me. Uh, and remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye. Bye.